0: Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is Season 3, Episode 19. Chris Bryant looks back of the Fly the W 670 podcast. Don't forget to listen, download, subscribe to the Fly the W podcast. Of course, leave Crowley and I a five-star review. Cub fans were buzzing this week about Sam Blum's article about Chris Bryant, reflecting about his time here in town. Crowley talked to Sam about the article and how Chris Bryant talked about his experiences with the Cubs. Joining me now on the fly, the W podcast, I'm happy to have on Sam Blum, writer for The Athletic. Sam, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How about you? Uh, I'm doing great. The reason I wanted to have you on is that I, I an article came out today about Chris Bryant, and it really has been the talk of a lot of different Cub fans. Uh, what was it that kind of drew you to the story of Chris Bryant? Uh, I mean, I think it's it was just interesting. Like, if, if you look back like
1: two years ago when he signed with the Rockies and made, didn't make a lot of sense to, I think, any, aver- like just any average baseball fan uh, for a lot of reasons. And then also, he hasn't really, like, talked about it much. Um, that was the other thing. I mean, this is, you know, he's a pretty private guy. Uh, it seems like even just from talking with him, you know, it seems like he's a pretty he, hes low key, uh, so it's not like a, a topic he's really been asked about a lot. And especially when with the Rockies, I mean, it's not like the national media is there a lot. It's not like, uh, you know, there's tons of interest in that team to begin with. So he's just kind of been living in, I guess, like in off the grid, at least in terms of, you know, baseball superstars. And so I just wanted to kind of sense, like, you know, we're, we're two years into this, it's not gone well. Um, what's uh, what's kind of been the problem? What uh, what kind of led everyone to this point and it wasn't just chris i mean i we talked to bill schmidt the rockies gm who you know obviously is behind this deal uh and it's it still kind of you know i come out of this, the article not really knowing the answer but i feel like you have a better picture of who chris bryan is why he maybe made this decision and and maybe why the rockies uh made the decision to to offer him the contract to begin with so you know that's really the whole purpose is just to give people a better understanding i mean i think if you look at chris Bryant before today there were a lot of you know, uh, podcasts or articles or, you know, just aggregators writing about, you know, how bad he's been and and nobody really knows how he felt about it. So I think that was the purpose of this. And and he was pretty candid. I got to give him credit for that.
0: Yeah. That's the thing that really kind of shocked me because he is a guy that's kind of low key and, uh, you know, doesn't really kind of, you know, give too much information. He usually is very reserved and, you know, I think it was tough because when when I'm reading your article and, and, and it, there was that sign and I remember that sign clearly, it said worth the weight, you know, in, in, a, in a Chris Cubs uniform and the Cubs drafted him. And, you know, it, it happened before, especially like Mark Pryor was the one that I always reminds me of, but the Messiah, the one that was going to lead us to the promised land of a World Series. And we thought it'd be Mark Pryor. And then with Chris Bryant, it just seemed like a cannot miss. And, and Houston passed on him of all teams and, and the Cubs get him. And, you know, he, he was the college player of the year and then he became the minor league player of the year and then became rookie of the year, you know, MVP the following year. And this guy's, this guy just look, he was about to punch his ticket into Cooperstown. Yeah. And, and, and to, and to me, I always just kind of wonder like, you know, he always seemed to handle it well, but it seemed like there's a lot going on in the background.
1: Yeah. And I, that's the, the crazy part of all this is like, he fulfilled every expectation of him. Like that's, you know, this is, it would be one thing if he like was that guy and, and it didn't work. And then he kind of looked back at the pressure and had a negative, you know, a uh, feeling toward it, like all the expectations. But the the crazy part of all this is like, he had all that pressure on him and then he proceeded to have like two of the greatest years ever. Right. I mean, he literally like carried this helped carry that team to the world series at, you know, break a curse. And, you know, he's, forever a hero in Chicago I'd imagine I know things didn't go well in his last couple that really in 2020 and and for the entire organization those last couple years but you know he delivered on the ultimate promise uh and so that's the crazy part of all this to me is that he looks back at it you know with with some mixed emotions I would imagine um and you know you what you learn about Chris or what I learned about Chris from talking with him is like this is you know, not everybody who does really well or who is in the spotlight or even thrives in the spotlight, enjoys being in that spotlight. And not everyone who's really great at baseball wants to be a superstar baseball player in the sense that you're, you know, known for playing the game and known for being great at it. And I think that's Chris Bryant. I mean, I I cover the Angels a lot. You know, you deal with some, you know, I talk with someone like Anthony Rendon quite a bit. I'm not, and I don't want to compare those two because I think there are a lot of distinct, you know, personality differences and and uh you know things that those those guys have said are very different but i also think that maybe one overlap is like you know you know kind of playing into like i'm like mr baseball and i want to talk about this and and be front-facing and you know have everyone look at me and 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 that doesn't seem like who chris is and you know i think that's interesting and it's also you know just everybody every person is different whether or they're a baseball player or they're not um you know it's 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 an interesting dynamic and and i think for chris you know he's he's maybe in a spot where he thought he would be a little more comfortable it's probably not worked out exactly as everybody hoped i mean the team is just so bad and he's had all these injuries and he hasn't performed and so you know if he was going to colorado to kind of escape some of the the pressure and some of the you know scrutiny um i think he maybe did in some sense but also it's invited maybe some other issues and some other questions that uh, are, are clearly, you know, not going away anytime soon.
0: You know, when you say that, I remember Randy Johnson, you know, he was happy in Arizona, everything's good. And he, you know, all of a sudden he went to the Yankees and all that pressure. And I remember him getting in fights with uh, photographers and paparazzi and, you know, like you said, it's not for everybody, but I remember with Chris Bryant, every time he moved up a level, fans were so excited. And then in 2015, he, you know, he absolutely crushes it in spring training. He's clearly one of the best players and should have broke camp with the team. And that's when it got into that weird service time manipulation. Yeah. And, and I truly wonder how much that weighed on him because he kind of, he, he, he filed that grievance and that took a long time. It took forever to get that done. And I don't know, you know, how much that bothered him. I, I Like you said, you know, just kind of a guy that's more reserved And then all of a sudden, kind of be in the face of of, of the union as far as service time manipulation is concerned. Yeah, and that's you know, uh, to
1: be honest with you, that's a lot of what we talked about was centered more on the Rockies and his time the last couple of years. So I don't want to I don't want to assess like his opinion on on looking back at that. I mean, I think you could you can draw some sort of through line maybe with some of the frustrations that he discussed with me and and I mean obviously that service time manipulation was a big deal at the time and and it has set up. you know, maybe some of the things that the union ended up doing in their most recent CBA negotiation to try and avoid service time manipulation for young players. Um You know, so I would, but again, I wouldn't want to assess, you know, how he, how he feels about that presently. Um, right. You know, even so though, it's, it's, I, well, I just, I think it, what I would say is that it's clearly he's gone, you know, he went through a lot of things that, um uh maybe weren't always as obvious to someone who's watching a team that's winning every day and Brian's performing at the level that he's performing at. There's there's a lot of dynamics that go into how someone feels about where they're at and 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 you know how they're playing and, and what it all kind of means to them.
0: Yeah. And so you know when Chris is called up finally, you know, I, I actually was at his debut game and this this was the ticket right there against the Hello. Padres. Big game James. And they were giving away these cheesy hats. And here's me with Scott Boris, <laughs> who was there that day. And and it was like, but like I said, to see him, and, and he's I think he struck out like three times against big James, big game James Shields that day against the Padres. But but I think, like you said, it was all of a sudden it just became this hype. If you remember um the Brizzo uh, baseball company, that was the big commercial, and he became the face, him and Anthony Rizzo of that Cubs team they win the world series. They're on Saturday night live and, and, you know, and Ellen and all this stuff. And, you know, 2017, he had another great year. And sometimes I think people kind of forget, you know, that he was still a great player in 2017 even. And it just seems to me like injuries really kind of derailed him in 2018
1: and 2019. Yeah. I mean, he was an all-star again, even in 21, I think. So, you know, there's, it's, the question i have is like how how much of it's still in there and and if you know if you read the article he talks about that and he thinks that it's it's really like what he was in 16 15 17 you know those years that's still there might not look the exact same um but he believes he can be that player and and listen you, when you're 32 years old i think that's kind of around when you might start to see like some obvious declines um you know superstar players but i mean it's it really depends on the player i guess um know but yeah i think that's the big question i have is like what what's 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 still in the tank is is you know you mentioned 2017 that's that's six years ago right that he was (laughs) probably in that in that like elite prime like coming right up and 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 just being like one of the best players and not the best player in the game um so uh, what what constitutes success for someone who's making 28 million dollars a year for the next five seasons i mean i think that's that's kind of where we're at right now and you know, baseball contracts often lead you to kind of like when they're when they're not when they don't look good and they're long term. It's like it it can feel like an, a, an absolute abyss for both the team and the player. Um, and I and and I wonder and it certainly feels like that's kind of where this is right now. It's it's you know even if at this point if he does perform, I think it would probably you know fix some of the the vitriol or the the frustration directed at him. But even still, I mean, this Rockies team is is. <laughs> I'm not going to, I don't think I'm, you know, speaking out of turn by saying they're not very good. Um, they quite bad in fact. And it's so a, what, what, what is the future here with, even if he is good again, or even if he's close to good again, like, is this even, is this still going to be an absolutely like disastrous pairing? And it kind of feels like that's where this is.
0: Right. And, 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 you know, we get into 2021 and all of a sudden when everything kind of falls apart for that Cubs team, you know, they're, they're it, the writings on the wall, the contracts are all up, but everybody assumed that they would extend one guy. They had Rizzo Bryant and bias and, and you know, all the Cubs fans were like, well, which one are they going to keep? Let's keep Chris Bryant. Oh, let's keep in. You know, that was kind of the discussion. And at the end of the day in 48 hours, they were all gone. Yeah. And and the, the one that was the most stunning was Chris Bryant. I want to say they were in Washington when that happened. And when you talk about the pressure and the microscope that is playing for the Chicago Cubs, I remember they they videotaped him. He had just gotten the call and he was grabbing his stuff and I forget he, he was crying on somebody's shoulder. He was truly upset uh, to be gone from the Cubs.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's like I said, I think everything's complicated with this, especially with him. I mean, he's not like, you know, there's some guys who are very much like one way or the other on everything. And, I, and that's like, even just talking to Brian, like I had a hard time even writing the article because you want to make sure like that you're not like creating a narrative. Right. And I think, it's easy to do that or, or you're not picking and choosing things to make something feel like what it is. And with Chris, like, I just think it's a little complicated at times. Like he really loves playing baseball. He really cares. He takes a lot of pride in doing well, but, and, and, but he also maybe doesn't really love some of the things that come along with it and makes him maybe not want to do some of that stuff as much. And so it's like, there's a lot of nuance there. And, and um, yeah, like if he's crying when he, when, when he gets traded, like it doesn't, you know, it, I don't think that, that means that, what he said to me about, you know, wanting things to have gone differently with the Cubs. It means it doesn't mean like he didn't have a good time there. Or he didn't enjoy it. Like, I just think there's a lot of, you know, complicated emotions that come along with, with everything he's been through and, and really just who his person, what his personality is as someone that maybe is not, um, you know, addicted to fame and, and the adulation that comes along with it, but he can still love his time in Chicago and still love the Cubs fans and, you know, have some incredible memories and, and know just how important he is to the city because for whatever he might feel about, about the Cubs or his time there um, I'm, I mean, you'd probably be more authoritative on this topic, but I think Cubs fans will always love him. You know, when you, when you're a part of that, you know, there's no, there's nothing that can take that away.
0: No, I mean, when you think about it, the the curse ends with him picking up that ball and tossing it over to Rizzo and putting the arms in the air. It's an indelible image that will forever be in every Cub fan's head, and I always tell you know I don't care if it's Chris Bryant, I don't care if it's Wilson Contreras, I'm never gonna boo any guy, any member of that team because what they finally delivered for all of us Cub fans who are very long suffering, generationally. But you know he he goes over to the Giants, and, and you know in your article it talks about the you know him deciding to sign with the. Rockies and it was bizarre. We we knew he kind of wanted wanted to be closer to home, like towards the West Coast. So I, I figured he'd either be in the NL West or the AL West. But the Rockies was so weird because they had just gotten rid of Arenado and it was like, wait a sec, you you yeah. know, you were you were looked like you were jettisoning, you know, contracts and salary, and then you take on Chris Bryant's contract. It made no sense.
1: I do not know what the Rockies do, to be honest with you. It's just like none of it makes a lot of sense to me. And and they're such an obscure they're like there are some like organizations that are run poorly. Yep. <laughs> And then there's like the Rockies, I think, <laughs> you know, they're just like, they just, none of it really makes any sense. They don't really seem like they're in a position to compete. And, and honestly, my conversation with Bill Schmidt for this article, and I appreciate him talking to me for it, but I mean, I, I, I felt like he will, like a lot of his answers are pretty like short. And in some, in some instances I felt kind of terse just because it was, you know, you're asking him like, what, what's the thought process here? Like, why is it not working? Like, you know, and, and they're really the answers to that are not, you know, I don't. I don't think he might not know the answers to that. Like at the end of the day, I mean, it's just it made no sense. Like, why would you basically pay fifty million dollars to send Nolan Arenado to the to the Cardinals, and then a year later sign another third baseman at one hundred and eighty-two million dollars? Just none of that made any sense to me. It only really not make sense any, to anybody. And the Rockies, like, you know, they have some good young players. Maybe they have. You know, it's not like they're they're you know completely incompetent or anything like that i mean i think buddy black's a really great manager he's a legendary you know get him figure in the game but man it's it's like hmm, don't make any sense to me and and i i don't i don't really under, i agree with you like play closer to home but the rockies are definitely the closest team to las vegas i think um <laughs> at least you know presently yeah uh, but it's uh still just confounding uh, i think in a lot of respects and, and that was what i tried to answer a little bit with this story is like well what was like what was the reason and he said like i didn't do my research enough research on the prospects pros you know quite possibly so you know he i think he got as close to saying that he's made some mistakes in this process without actively saying like i regret being here I don't, I don't i wouldn't want to put that that narrative in his mouth or that thought in his in his you know in his head but like you know he did say some things that would lead you to believe that there's at least been some second guessing
0: now, the one quote that really jumps out to me from the article he says, as a player, it's, you know, he's talking about Colorado here. As a player, it's an easier spot to be in because you don't really have that outside pressure like the Dodgers are going to have. They invest a lot of money in good players, so they have to go out there and win. For us, we can be someone that no one talks about. And I guess that, you know, it can be interpreted a couple different ways, but. Yeah. You know, I I just wonder how much you know playing in a place in Colorado where there's a lot of trans you know transplants and you know maybe people that are fans of other teams that didn't necessarily live there, but it just is not the pressure cooker that Chicago is. And I wonder how much that had to go into him choosing to move out to Colorado.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, well, I mean the Rockies. The funny thing is, the Rockies fan they're good fans there. I mean, they they really show out for the team. Um, now, I think when you talk about like national expectations and and you know the actual pathway to being successful, yeah. I, I, I think the, they're in a situation where they just got to pray that like a million things, you know, fall their way. Which even that might not be enough. Um, yeah, I mean, I th- <laughs> to answer your question though, it's you know he doesn't outright say that. Um, but, you know, there's enough things that I think kind of you can read and you've read the article, you'll see a lot of quotes that I think all kind of add up to what you're asking, which is, yeah, I mean, listen, do I think the reason why he signed there was to avoid, you know, public spotlight? No. Do I think avoiding the public spotlight was a bonus maybe in all this? Yeah. I think that's maybe the way I would look at this. It's not not trying necessarily to escape, but it's, it's, it's something that, you know, comes along with it, then, be, you know, the better... It is for Chris, maybe, because it's just he clearly didn't love, you know, dealing, being a t- being on a team that was, you know, if it if the team wasn't successful, it was going to it was really all going to kind of fall apart. And maybe that's part of the experience of like playing those last couple of years in Chicago where there were high expectations and they didn't you know, they weren't met. And, uh, you know, you would tell me better than I could tell you. But I met, you know, I know Cubs fans weren't happy about that. And it's and it's probably like. You know, you play 162 games and it's not going your way. That can be like on a day to day basis, quite frustrating, and quite difficult. And if you're on a team that doesn't really matter if you're winning and losing, you know, you might show up to the ballpark with a little bit clearer mind. And and um, I'm not saying that's exactly where Chris is thinking, but, I, I, you know, I think if you read between the lines, that's that's probably part of it.
0: I think one day there's, you know, I love this article and I think one day there's going to be a great story told about the Cubs, you know, when, when time passes after a little bit about what happened, because, you know, we all thought that this was going to be, you know, similar to what happened with the Astros. They kind of were following the same pathway of tanking, get building up a farm system, making it to the postseason, But whereas the Cubs dropped off, you saw the Astros continue to have success and the Cubs after, you know, you know, started to fall apart after 2017 and, 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 you know, had to do their second rebuild. And so, you know, part of me always wonders, you know, how much moving Chris around, because that was one of the things that people, you know, spoke highly of is his versatility. When he was in Chicago, he played third base, played left field. Now in Colorado, he's playing some first base, you know, exclusively is what it sounds like he's going to be playing. I wonder how much that had, had to do with it. The injuries had to do with it. And then the Cubs kind of cycled through a lot of hitting coaches. Uh, from 26, you know, 2017, 2018, 2019, they went through like three different hitting coaches. So I always wonder if that might've impacted his progress. I don't know, but he's, he's an interesting study and, and a really interesting person.
1: Yeah, no, he is. I mean, and I couldn't tell you all about the Cubs hitting coaches and maybe how that impacted him or not, to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, uh, it is interestingly like, there's a good point about the Astros. I didn't really thought of it like that you know you you're you're kind of on this trajectory and it, it's just it, they, it, it, the paths diverge and and you know, I mean uh, you wonder if everyone had kind of stayed together like what might have happened? Uh, like the like the Astros kind of have I mean they've had guys leave, but I think a couple of those core guys are, aren't going anywhere. and so it's it's you know they've been able to build around, you know the, build around those players and even when people come in and out, it's it's not necessarily debilitating um and again you know I, I don't know if that's you know joe madden and if it was really like uh you know if he was at issue there i mean i obviously covered him with the angels and things weren't great there with him so it's it's uh you know i don't know it, obviously he won a world series there and, and was able to get the most out of out of that team and, and took the race to the world series as well so you know, it's, it's not a criticism of him necessarily, but it's, it's hard to understand exactly why the, why the the Cubs did not necessarily kind of have that dynasty that it felt like they really could. Um, and, you know, people are, if you look at a Jose Altuve and uh, it looks like he's someone that really embraces all this stuff in Houston. And he like, like loves all that. He wants to be an Astro for life. Like he'll take a discount to be an Astro for life. I think, you know, maybe that's just not who Chris, what Chris Bryant wanted necessarily. And I, it's not to compare and, it's not to say one person's better than the other. It's just what what do people you know? Everyone's got a different preference. You know, you you can't just you know create a dynasty because you think you, you know you want one or because it's it it looks like it should be the case. And and um, you know, if if you if you have a lot of expectations and it goes poorly for one, two, three years, I mean that's that's enough to break things up.
0: Yeah. And, and the one thing that, you know, I, I guess it's just, it It feels like 2016 was just yesterday, but it's, you know, we're getting further and further away from it, but seeing in your article about how he likes being a guy that younger players can lean on and he takes gratification and seeing those aforementioned prospects get call-ups and performing, it it seems like he's settled into this role as kind of being a veteran leader now.
1: Yeah. You know, leader is, it's hard to say like he's, I think he. Like that, he's like a vocal leader. You know, I don't know because they. I mean, they have like Charlie Blackman on the team. That's obviously been there forever, and really the in a lot of ways the face of the team. I think because he's just been such a stalwart uh, in in Colorado. Um, and that's to say he's not a leader. It's like it, it's hard for me. You know, I'm not I'm not a Rockies writer and I'm not a Cubs writer. So it's you know it's it, I, I I'm always hesitant to to assess you know my opinions on things that I'm not 100 percent informed on. Um, but I think you're right that he wants to be someone that people can lean on. And, you know, I said, like, is it, is it kind of like the, the difference, you know, like the flip, the flip side of like being in Chicago when you first came up when there's, you know, a bunch of young guys and a couple veterans that kind of, you know, you can kind of lean on and, and he's like, he kind of was like, yeah, now I'm the old guy and it's the opposite. And, (laughs) you know, I don't think any, like I said to him, like, I don't think anyone's confusing the 2024 Rockies for the 2016 Cubs. Um, but you know, there's, there's some through lines there. There's some comparisons you can make in terms of like who he is on this team now compared to who some of those guys were for him you know seven eight nine years ago so um yeah i mean he's i think he's equipped to be a leader in some sense and maybe um isn't necessarily going to be the rah-rah guy in other ways
0: Right. And, you know, I think all in all, like I said, the majority of the Cub fans will always have a, you know, when Chris came back for the first time in a Giants uniform, they had a video and people were cheering him and he was emotional again. And, you know, for me, I just remember being, I was at world series game five and the Cubs are down three games to one. And Jose Ramirez hits a home run in the second off, uh, you know, John, John Lester. And then, you know, you saw Tito Francona getting that bullpen that was so dominant in 2016 up and you're just wondering is this it and it was Chris Bryant who hits one off of Trevor Bauer that just changed the entire trajectory of that postseason and for me like that's where I'm always going to ha- kind of have a really soft spot in my heart for Chris Bryant because it was so much fun when he was here and the Grandpa Rossi stuff and the Brizzo company and he would kind of do this Red Bull stuff where he was hitting home runs on the lake uh, the Chicago River it, it was it was a blast and and then you know reading your article really kind of took me back to a lot of a lot of what was great about Chris. And, and again, I want Chris Bryant to have all the success in the world, just not against the Chicago Cubs when they play the Colorado Rockies.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think I hope people root for Chris um, because he's not like, he's a good guy. Like I see, I mean, I, I always like read the comments in these articles, just to see how people react to the story. And, you know, I see a lot of like people like angry at him, like, well, he's making 182. He's just like, doesn't care. It's like, that's not true. You know, I mean, he's making $182 million. And, <laughs> you know, so that, that part is true, but like, you know, it's, it's just because you make a lot of money, doesn't make it like, you know, it doesn't make you have to be perfect and, and feel like truly happy all the time and feel like, you know, that everybody, everybody, no matter how much money you make has a bad day of work or is, you know, as it goes through a rough patch or, or feels useless at times. And like, that's why I would, I would say help people do root for him because, you know, I, that was the first time I talked to Chris and uh, I was really appreciative of how candid he was and, and, you know i think if you ask him the right questions he's going to give you the answers that you know he truly believes and i, I think that's why we ended up having the, the really good conversation that we did you know it's just you, you come at him from a genuine perspective and i felt like he came back at me with a genuine answer um and so i hope people reform because it's like you said i mean i'm not a, i don't have a, a horse in this race right like i my my feeling on it is he's uh someone that genuinely cares about his profession and cares about doing well and, and cares about being there for his teammates and. And, you know, just because he's not the athlete in the sense that everybody pictures him as or believes he should be, doesn't mean that he's not just as capable and just as, you know, um, engaged as everybody else. And and I think that's that's how I would look at this.
0: And I'm going to tell you honestly, Sam, I think part of the problem is the opposite of what people think. I don't think he doesn't care. I think he cares too much sometimes. And And baseball can be a pressure cooker. And sometimes... Absolutely. You know, you, you, you let that happen too much and it's going to start to affect your mentality, you know, in, in the batter's box, I think he cares too much sometimes to, to his own detriment, but I don't think to me, I hope no one ever thinks that Chris Bryant doesn't care about his team or the game because I truly believe he loves it. And some guys stay healthy and some guys, you know, just get injured a lot. We've seen that a lot in Chicago, like with Kerry Wood, for example, a guy that just looked absolutely dominant, but just couldn't stay healthy to be what we thought he truly could be. And I think the same goes with Chris Bryant, but I encourage all our listeners to uh, take a look at this article by Sam Blum in the athletic. It's phenomenal. Sam, um, where can our listeners find your, find you on the socials?
1: Oh yeah. Follow me on Twitter at uh it's at Sam Blum. And then the number three, so S A M B L U M and the number three. I hope, you know, I've got some good Cubs followers today. So I appreciate people, uh, you know, engaging and, you know, it's, it's a, there's no you know, there's no better fan base so um uh clearly just before we even got on you know you were showing me your uh your I guess man cave here so it's it's quite impressive and uh you know uh I don't know it's it's it it was a it was it was a joy to talk to Chris and to write this and and um, I appreciate that Cubs fans you know saw something in it and, and, and have been reading it and uh yeah hopefully y'all keep uh keep following and reach out anytime.
0: Thank you so much for jumping on Sam you take care. You too.